Mississippi State versus Alabama. Went back, watched what Alabama defensively did against State last year, even though the game was sort of a huge mismatch. Still, went back, watched that. I'll kind of give you some of those thoughts, a few thoughts about the matchup for this year and preview of Saturday night's game. This is episode 15 of the Better Than Average podcast. Better Than Average. You play football. A football? Oh, no. Juggernaut of a podcast. Better Than Average. It's like a radio show that's not on the radio. Coach, it's a great day for you, huh? Yeah, it's better than average, I'll tell you that. <laughs> The Better Than Average podcast is presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Visit them online at mslandbank.com. Last year's game against Alabama and Tuscaloosa was a blowout. This year's game, you know, in some ways, from a talent perspective and all of that, it's a mismatch also uh, in their favor. But things are different this year, right? Obviously. Um, One is they're coming off a loss. They haven't looked... As dominant, you know, as maybe last year's Alabama team was pretty much throughout the year. And, uh, you know, a couple new skill players, they don't lack any talent whatsoever. It's just sometimes you break it in new players. You you go through a few growing pains here and there. And for State, on the other side, State's much farther along now, obviously, than they were last year in Tuscaloosa. So maybe the gap is closed and – you know, State is more proficient on offense and can get in there and make a game of it and maybe see if they can give themselves a chance in the fourth quarter against this Alabama team. And and then, you know, in terms of expectations, obviously Alabama loses to A&M last week at A&M, same place where two weeks ago State went in there and won. So there's this look, this visual of <clears throat> comparison in two straight weeks of State's on their level. And – The thing about it is, when it comes to Mississippi State, Alabama, uh, a state team has to go prove that they're on that level. And so far, it's been a lot of years since one did that. Now, 2007, you go back to 2017, state hosted Alabama and coulda, shoulda, woulda, you know, almost won the ballgame. Kind of, in some ways, controlled the game, at least from an offensive line and running game standpoint. You'll remember back in that 2017 game at Fitzgerald, and it, it was kind of the, the the one real shot that Dan Mullen had in his time to beat a Nick Saban team. Now, Dak's year in 2014 when State went over there to Tuscaloosa, it was a big-time game. State was ranked number one at the time, and final score was 25-20, a little bit of a comeback effort for State, but they were in it. But still, sort of just got outplayed, outcoached uh, in that ball game. And twenty-five twenty didn't, you know, it, it, it didn't really feel that close, honestly, at certain times of that game. The way they stopped State from running the ball back in twenty fourteen. Well, that twenty seventeen game, um, State ran the ball really well and did not get outcoached by, you know, Alabama in that game and had a real shot to win it. And of course, we know how it ended in, in that one. With the, uh, I think it was a fourth down play and slant pass that went for a touchdown, right? Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter to give them the lead and go win the game. And there was some questionable uh, moves in that game from the officiating crew that did help Alabama. Um, And historically, that's just something you, you're getting ready to play them, you know you're going to have to deal with that. Um, So, anyway, pointing those things out, we kind of know the history and know what it means. So, last year's game, 
was one of those, just like another blowout in the series, right? But the reason I went back and looked at it is this. We heard Will Rogers say after Texas A&M, after beating them, that he didn't spend a ton of time watching Texas A&M film of their defense from this year. He instead went back and watched how the A&M defense played against State last year in Starville. And you're going, well, why would you watch that film? You know, personnel's different on both sides. Why would you? Well, it's because from a scheme standpoint, what we're seeing and what they know and what I think our team is seeing probably is that these defensive coaches and staffs are treating State differently than the other offenses they face. And they are different, obviously, because it's air raid and they're throwing it more. But I guess what I'm saying is if you look at, for instance, LSU – LSU was a a four-down defensive front and has been all year, except when they played State. When they played State, they were three-down front out in the field and and changed it up some in the red zone. And then the same thing for A&M. You know, A&M was more of a man defense and four guys on line of scrimmage, sometimes three with a hand down, one standing up, but a different look. You know, I guess everybody else they've played except State. When they played state, they did some different things. It's like people, it's like these teams when they get ready to play state's offense, these defensive coaches are approaching it like it's a one-off, like it's different than the other ones they're facing. And it it obviously has to do with how many times state throws a ball and how little they actually hand the ball off and run it. So uh, their philosophies are different. So that would tell me that, yeah, what they're trying to do is get a clue of how these defenses are going to line up against them, what looks you're going to get, knowing that like we can watch Alabama's defense on film against Florida, we can watch their defense on film against A&M, but it may not give you a real good indication of how they're going to line up against this air raid and, and try to approach it. So I'm fascinated to get in there on Saturday night in Davis-Wade and see what Nick Saban and his staff have decided to do. What What is their philosophy going to be? Are they going to be the first team because of their athletes and personnel to change it up and put people on the line of scrimmage and play man and come after you? Are they going to be the first team to try that since LSU 2020? Or are they going to do what everybody else has done, and that is primarily rush three guys and drop eight in coverage in some combination and switch it up and try to confuse a quarterback and every now and then bring four and zone blitz and try to confuse your protection. Like what, what is their philosophy going to be? I'm really interested to see that when, you know, they're coming off a loss and they're going to be desperate and feel as though they're up against the wall and, and can't afford to, to give up yards. So I can't wait to see what they do. Cause it'll be a look inside the mind of Saban and that staff of, what's best for them defensively against this state offense at this time. And and I can guess and speculate on what they'll do, but we won't know until we see it. Now, going as I said, going back and looking in last year at what Alabama did against state last year in Tuscaloosa, one is, yeah, it was a blowout. It was never a close game. Two, that was kind of the last game. I guess it was the last game that K.J. Costello started, and you'll remember he gets knocked out of that game pretty early. And in goes Will Rogers, and he was he's been your quarterback the rest of the way. But Will was a freshman and and not, you know, experienced at all. 
And I did see a little bit of a change for, for Alabama's defense in that game last year, going back and watching it. Once that quarterback change happened, there was a couple of things they did different. And so I'll cover that with you now. So last year's game, approaching the air raid and, and the formations and the calls and stuff that's in state's offense, Alabama was a lot of two high safeties playing some man stuff underneath it. Now, they were obviously two high safeties a good bit in the game playing zone, but when they would switch it up and try to either match routes or just play some man-to-man, it was not a lot, but when they did, they would still try to do it a lot with two high safeties. And that was you know, primarily the meat of the game when they were building their lead on offense and, and Will Rogers was in there at quarterback. Now, that's what they did last year. And, and, and with that look, they're rushing three a lot. And, you know, that defensive front for Alabama last year, kind of throughout the year, seemed to just be better and getting more pressure on people than this defensive front for Alabama this year has done. And that's one thing to note as well. Every now and then, too, you watch them last year, they would rotate out of it. Like they'd show you that too high safety look and one would on the snap roll roll down or or run down and they'd send another one back to the middle and they rotate it to three and play zone with one high safety. So, you know, what everybody same thing everybody has done and tried uh, against state's offense and that is just they'll rotate the coverage on the snap some. They did it too, but it's a it was basic rotation stuff. It wasn't I mean again they you could see last year that their personnel against State's personnel last year, they didn't feel like they had to do, you know, a whole lot of bells and whistles. Um, they were playing cover two. They go two with two high and match the routes underneath, play a little man every now and then, um, and would rotate it to cover three zone sometimes just to instead of having two back there, they'd rotate one down depending on down and distance. And like I said, it it, it almost Part of the reason I feel like they didn't have to do a lot of exotic coverage things and half coverage and you know combination coverage stuff like Alabama does against everybody is because they were winning the line of scrimmage pretty well. Now you didn't give up just you know like I say a ton of sacks or anything, but what it was is you know you had guys that were getting some penetration and and you know filling up run lanes when you would try to zone run a few times in the ball game and they could just you could watch the game and tell look we're going to be fine rushing three we're going to be just fine rushing three in this game and so that's kind of why they stuck with that every now and then they bring a fourth guy down but it wasn't much so I guess all that to say last year's Alabama defense approached state just like everybody else did um, except LSU on film before that and they just stuck with that and State's defense couldn't stop their offense, and it was downhill from there. And, you know, quarterback gets knocked out, and so in comes a freshman. And, you know, too, you watch State's offense against Alabama last year with Will Rogers in there. It it looks much better now, obviously. If you were to compare and just watch some film of last year and then watch them now, you know, he gets it out quicker. Receivers are better, more crisp. You know, against zone – they're running into those open throwing lanes quicker this year than they did a year ago. You can just tell they have a clue now. And last year they were just trying to, you know, do their best to figure it out. 
checkdowns were kind of slower last year, so guys couldn't make yards after they caught the checkdown. This year, you know, you're doing a little better with that. So they're a little better offensively this year, obviously, than they were last year too. So, And, you know, when I talked about you know, two different quarterbacks, you go back to that one last year. Alabama, in the early part of the game when K.J. Costello was playing for State, they were just a little different in that State would do some three-by-one receiver stuff. So single back, three-by-one, and instead of two-by-two, four receivers. You still got four receivers, but you'd have three to one side, and the X would be over there by himself. And they were doing a little more, uh, you know, making that call on the field against three-by-one, and it looks like combo coverage because they're locking up that X receiver one-on-one wherever he was, like into the boundary or whatever, and then playing their zone coverage elsewhere on the field, if that makes sense. So just a little bit more experienced quarterback who had shown you, you know, some different stuff, I guess, and their plan going in while he was on the field was you saw that a little more instead of just balanced coverage across, whether it's, you know, cover two or rotating to cover three zone, they would combo that a little more. Like, and they – if you had three on one side or motion to three by one, they would just single up and man that single receiver and then play zone everywhere else. And they didn't do that quite as much once State made the quarterback change. So that's another thing to keep an eye on. I wonder if we'll see that now that Will is more experienced and playing better. And that was kind of what they wanted to do against a more experienced quarterback last year. So it's just something to keep an eye on, I think. Again, all of this is talk. I'm not an expert. I am not in the um, you know the film sessions with our coaches and that kind of thing. Those guys are the experts. But I'm just watching, going back and watching it, and give me some observations that they kind of show you that I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly what we'll see from Alabama. And the reason I say it is because of their athletes. You know, yeah, last year against State. Alabama's defense adjusted and did what everybody else has done, and that is they rush three and they have some form of eight in coverage most of the time, not all, but most of the time, some form of eight in coverage and uh, playing some zone and trying to force State to find those holes underneath and not giving you deep shots and all that. And the thing is, Alabama is one of those teams that has the kind of athletes that if they want to do something different, they are justified to try it. Some of these other teams can't. But Alabama can. They got better players. I'm really going to be fascinated to see what they think gives them the best shot against State's offense, particularly if they're not getting to the quarterback, which State's offensive line has been better and is so much better than it was a year ago collectively. And recently they've been better. And, you know, AM had a hard time getting to Will Rogers. Alabama hasn't been quite as fire breathing on their defensive front. Now, 31 Will Anderson's probably the best pass rusher in the country, and he's been banged up. And I guarantee you being a little hurt has affected him. And and if he is feeling good and shot out of a cannon, he is going to be an absolute handful when you're dropping back 60-something times in a ball game. Trust me on that. So that's something to keep an eye on too. But if they don't feel like they can get pressure consistently, that's another thing I'll be curious to see what they feel like they can try to do defensively. Uh, so looking forward to that. I do feel like the middle of the field is going to be open. Uh, 
Now, Alabama's linebackers are talented. They are good. They play linebacker at Alabama for a reason. But I just, over the course of the year this year, that group hasn't been as good and as effective in every part of the game as Bama linebackers have been in the past. Um, I think if you watch them come downhill and tackle, playing against the run, and, and even at times in their responsibilities and coverage, I think if you were to compare it to even last year, the, the group as a whole just hasn't been as consistent. They make plays at times, they're just not as consistent. You know, they're playing the kid from Tennessee transferred in, so it's his first year in their, in their system. Uh, eight, Harris is a great athlete, but at times this year he hasn't looked to me to be quite as good as he has in the past. And so, you know, based on that, and they drop, uh, they're going to have a clue for sure, and they've got good athletes. But, you know, there will be some opportunities to complete the ball in the middle of the field. I, I do really feel that way. I feel like uh, 31 Will Anderson really is the key for Alabama. He's such a great player. He is a, he is a takeover player, especially in a matchup. Let's say he gets on a in a game, watch him against Miami. There were times where he was just taking over that game because they didn't have guys who could block him, and he was first game of the year, so he was really healthy. Since then, he's gotten a little banged up. Um, 31, Will Anderson, in this type of deal where he's going up against a team that's going to be throwing it all night, he is a huge key for them, win or lose, and there's a lot on him. And and State will have some stuff that they will do, shovel passes, that speed option, screens and stuff to try to neutralize him a little bit in the ball game. I feel like this is going to be a tape game for a lot of players. They're going to put important stuff on their resume on tape for players on both sides. When you look at state uh, left tackle, Charles cross, you know, facing the pass rushers of Alabama, if he gets opportunities to put stuff on film facing the guy I've been talking about, Will Anderson, then NFL evaluators are going to dissect every step he takes on some of the plays on this tape. This is a tape game for Charles Cross in terms of NFL evaluators. Same thing for your corners, Martin Emerson and Emmanuel Forbes. You know, you're facing that big number one tall guy who transferred in from Ohio State at receiver for Alabama. You're facing him, you're facing Mechie. And when you get matchups and you're in man to man in those situations, the stuff you put on tape isn't is going to be really. Uh, evaluated and scrutinized and heavily. So it's a tape game for a bunch of states players against their personnel. And the same thing for the other guys. When you talk about, you know, Mechie, the receiver, and Harris, the linebacker, and Anderson, their pass rusher, against uh, a guy like Charles Cross for State, who's a projected first-rounder. I mean, they're putting important stuff on film. So it's a tape game for players on both sides, for sure. State has to be better on a goal line and really in the red zone, I think, as an as overall as an offense. And they haven't been bad, but they need to be better. They've got to get better and more consistent when you get down there, but particularly on the goal line. Um, and those that's a really hard place on the field to be a throwing team is standing right down there on that goal line where the defense has the advantage of the back of the end zone right behind them. Everything crunches down, and it's harder to get space, and it's all about completing stuff against man-to-man. So, um, you know, this is a game where if State gets a ball down there on the goal line, they've got to score touchdowns. You can't come away with just drives that stop with field goals if you want to win this game. You can be competitive in the game without touchdowns if you put those drives together. But you want to win the game, you got to score touchdowns. You get on the goal line, and they're going to have to do well there. 
Um, against Texas A&M, Mississippi State blocked on the perimeter really well. When you go – like look in the second half, a couple of plays to Christian Ford. There was a screen to him. You know, there were some other screens in the game, bubble stuff, quick throws, and even runs that went outside – um, there was an op- speed option pitch at one time early in the game, and receivers out on the edge blocking the corners and safeties out on the edge for A&M, and State really blocked them well. I honestly didn't think that A&M's corners and safeties did that great of a job of fighting through some of those blocks. You know, you'd see them come down, and again, you know, it's something State's practice probably more than anybody else and, and the, because of the nature of their offense, and that's blocking out on the edge like that. Uh, in front of those screens and stuff. But, you know, State would be in position, but the A&M guys would come down and sort of take on the blocks. <clears throat> but they didn't ever really do that great of a job of fighting through those blocks or creating an angle where State had to make a decision. Does Does that make sense? Like, if you have, let's say, Austin Williams and – um, Makai Polk out there, and they're blocking in front of Christian Ford, who's caught this screen, and it's sort of I'm blocking two, and there's a third coming in there. Well, the two coming down that took on Polk and Williams for AM, a lot of times they'd come straight up and take on the blocker right where they were and couldn't get through it instead of maybe taking on an inside or an outside shoulder with an approach of we're going to force them to have to move to block us. And we're going to force that ball carrier to make a decision as he in or out. And and I guarantee you that it will be something that Alabama will do a much better job of is when you throw those screens and stuff to the outside, they're going to be coached and have a plan to sort of make it harder on state, I think, to block out on the perimeter. Um, and, and, you know, if you make the right cut, you could turn it into a big play. But if you don't make the right cut, it could be attack for loss sort of thing. So – They'll coach them up on that. Bama's just going to do a better job against your perimeter blocking than A&M did. I really believe that. And really kind of the last thought I had is anytime you play Alabama, it's not I'm not you know preemptively whining about officiating this game, but I just think it's a reality. It's, it's Historically, it's just there, okay? You have to, I think as a team, players and coaches – you go into the game realizing there will be times in the game where we won't like the officiating. We will not like a call that goes against us. We will not like something that isn't called that should have gone against them. You know, when you play them, you will not get away with certain things that you might get away with against other teams. Um, a, you know, a holding here or there or something, you know, you won't get away with that in this game. Um, on this stage, that's just the that's historically what it is when you're playing Alabama, and they will get away with some of that in this type of game historically, and that's SEC officiating for you, and you know it going in, and I know it, you know it, team knows it, coaches know it. You just prepare that you want to pull it off. That's something you'll deal with, and yeah, you just chalk it up, and so that way when it happens. Um, you know, maybe we don't have as big of an emotional reaction to it uh, that might affect it during the game or affect performance during the game because we expected it going in. And uh, unfortunately, that's just the way you have to approach it. 
so there you go. There was some thoughts looking ahead at the ball game. Um, it is Friday. I am looking at today at some point, and it might even be tonight, uh, getting up some plays um, that I chopped up from Alabama's loss to A&M last week that might be good to watch, might help you, might be, I don't know, fun to watch to take a look at how they lost that game at A&M before you watch them against State. Um, so some of that will be out, and I'll, you know, if and when I get that posted here today on Friday, uh, it'll be on YouTube, and I'll put a link on Facebook, and I'll put it out on Twitter also there. Uh, but hopefully I can get that done. All right, so looking forward to the ball game. Y'all let me know what you think. I appreciate you tuning in, and I'll see you on the next one.